Today, we are not alone because you are the great shepherd. And now feed us from your word till we want no more, till we realize that you are all we need. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we are closing out a series that we have been in during these um, days. It is uh, prayers of the Bible based on uh, one of the greatest passages of Scripture in God's Word um, from David's Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. And our theme during these days has been this passage in Ephesians that says, pray in the Spirit in every situation. So it's not just praying like, you know, in the morning before we eat breakfast or just at church, but all through our day and whatever we face, whatever happens in our lives, we pause and we pray in every situation using every kind of prayer and request there is. And our goal is, is that we would just become a people of God that pray first. Last week we looked at Psalm 23 and we looked at these names of God, these prayers of God, but then we looked at these phrases that represent names of God, primarily names in the Old Testament that would identify the character of God. And the first phrase that we looked at last week was this idea that the Lord um, is my shepherd, that, that he's not just a shepherd, he's not just one of many, but the Lord is, he is my shepherd, my shepherd. And um, I just love that because we need to know that right now. You need to know that in whatever you are facing and all this stuff we're going through in this crazy time in the life of this world, I need to pause in the midst of all that and know that he is my shepherd. And so just a little bit of review. We talked about the fact that he is my shepherd and the word that we used was Jehovah Reha, which means pastor, that God is my pastor. He is someone who feeds and leads his children, his flock. And we talked about the importance of being connected, not only to the shepherd, but being connected to others. And we talked about the importance of being connected in a group. Did you know that many groups are already use a lot, utilizing our Zoom video conference app? And in fact, as soon as this service is over today, we have several groups that'll be connecting together on the Zoom video, and they will be uh, joining together and worshiping together, learning more together, holding each other accountable together. And I've just heard some really great stories from that. So I want to encourage you, um, if you're a leader, make sure you get connected with your groups in whatever ways that you, that you can. The next phrase that we looked at was, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. And, and wow, if there's any time we need to be reminded of this, come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. You need to be reminded of the fact that your shepherd will provide everything that you need, even in the midst of all this chaos, even in the midst of all of this turmoil. And that led us to the fact that we learned that he is my provider, and our word uh, for that was Jehovah Jireh, which means you take care of what I need. And, and, and he provides for me. And listen, the tendency is for us to take care of what we need. Our tendency is to think that we are the ones that provide. We work hard. We do all this stuff. And I just want to encourage you not to do that. Let 
let him, let Jehovah Jireh be your provider. This is why so many people right now are fearful, stressed out, depressed, some even may be suicidal because they are grabbing at all of these things themselves. They think will take care of them for security that will provide for them. And what we found was in a moment, all of that fell apart. And, and we said last week that if we were not careful, you won't have money, but money will have you. Because when you trust in those things and they fail like they have in the last few weeks, when fear comes and begins to dominate you, th this is what will control your spirit. And this is where some of you are living right now. Some of you right now, you're living in fear. You're watching right now, but the reality is fear has dominated your life. Come on, some of you need, some of you need a little humor right now, don't you? I was, uh, you know, Pastor Stan last week when he was doing announcements and he came out with his big roll of toilet paper, uh, reminded me of, did you, hear about, did you hear about Billy Bob's wife? They were, um, they were going through hard times, um, he and his wife, and this uh, coronavirus thing, she got like all into the getting whatever she needed and she went and couldn't find toilet paper and she's going out to the parking lot and she sees a car that's got groceries in the back and there's nobody there and so she busts into the car window takes this big roll of toilet paper and uh, and she gets she gets caught and so she goes before the judge and the judge is trying to teach her a lesson and so he says i'm gonna sentence you one month to jail for every roll of toilet paper that was in that pack and she said oh your honor there were like six rolls in that pack and he goes that's it six months in jail and billy bob sitting back there and he raises his hand and he said your honor um she also stole a can of peas so Anyway, all right, come on, that, you, you need some humor in these difficult days, right? Uh, we need not only humor, but we need the word of God be, and to remind us that, that he is our provider. And then it goes on to say, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Sometimes he will make us lie down. Sometimes he will make us isolate us. All of the world has found out in these days that we are, are, are living in. And that, that led us to this idea that he is my peace. And the covenant name for that is Jehovah Shalom, that you, you God, are my peace. Some of you are filled with stress right now. Some of you have money stress. Some of you have emotional stress. Some of you have work stress. Maybe you're not working as much now. Maybe you were laid off. Um, some of you have kids stress because you're like confined in the house, like come on, 24 seven with these kids and you're like pulling your hair out. Um, some of you may have health stress right now. And um, many of you don't have peace. And Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Come on, somebody needed that this morning to hear that. Listen, church, this is our moment to shine. This moment in history, maybe more than at any other time, is our moment to shine. That we are not a people living in fear. Come on, stop that. 
Listen, it is Satan's weapon. It's the only weapon he has. But this reminds us that he is my peace. In the midst of whatever I'm going through, he's my protection. He's my healing. He's my sustainer. He's my provider. He's my comforter. He, he's my resource. So I want you to choose peace in the midst of the times of trouble. And then when we have his peace, this is what happens. He restores he restores my soul. That word restore means he heals. He, he brings back into condition the original condition of what it was. He, he restores it. But you, you have a God who, if you, will, if you will let him, he will restore or bring back everything that the devil has stolen from you. And so during this time, you be reminded that he is your healer. And our word for that is Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer because, come on, he still heals people, right? He, he heals people's bodies. He heals people's marriages. Just even in the last several weeks, I've heard stories of how God is just touching marriages. He, he, he heals finances. He does. He, he heals our past. But last week, we talked about the fact that Jehovah Rapha does so much more than heal those things, that we are not a permanent body with a temporary soul. No, no, no. We are a permanent soul that has a temporary body, and God not only heals your disease, he heals every place where you are diseased, where every place in your life that is hurting, he's the covenant name, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, he restores me. He brings me back to a place where I departed. And some of you today, as you're watching online, because we have people literally watching all around the world, and some of you today that are watching online, the truth about your life is that you are spiritually broken. And, and God is desperately wanting to heal you, even during this time, because Jesus is our Healer, he wants to heal your body, your marriage, your finances. Yeah, yes, he does. But his greatest healing is his healing on our souls. Now, for those of you that weren't here last week, that was just review. So let's continue this week. Let's look at this next phrase. This next phrase says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in paths of Righteousness. The psalmist tells us that righteousness has a path, that all through our day we come to crossroads. All through our day there are decisions that we have to make. And there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And that's why every morning as I wake up, I, before I do anything else, I just want to say in my spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you to show me the right path today. I need your wisdom in my life. I need your healing in my life. I need your direction in my life. Just help me. And I want you to be my righteousness today. Because I know that on my own, I will mess it up every time. <laughs> but you help me, oh God. You guide me. You direct me. You give me purpose in my life. You keep me in a path of righteousness every day. Listen, he, he has made you right. He, he, has, he has, through the blood of Christ, made you right. And when you received it, 
You received his righteousness. He came into your life. He made everything right in your life. You were forgiven of every sin. That's why scripture says there is now, therefore, because of his righteousness, there is now no condemnation. (laughs) Come on. Those that are in Christ Jesus have no condemnation because through Christ, you have been set free from sin. You're not condemned anymore. You you are righteous. You are loved. He sought you, and he caught you, and he bought you, and he loves you. That, That is great news. Come on. Can I get an amen online? Somebody just type in amen right now. Oh, but you know what? He didn't want to just make you right. He wanted to keep you right. He wanted to keep you on the path of righteousness. And that's why it says he he leads me daily. Um, And the covenant name for this is Jehovah. Now, the T is silent, so it's Sidkenu. All right. So uh, it it is this idea that uh, he makes me righteous. He, He does it. His spirit is at work in me, making me righteous. In other words, This righteousness is not anything that I do. It's not like I act a certain way or I do certain things or I please him in certain ways. No, no, no. He makes me righteous. He does it. His spirit that is at work in me becomes righteousness. I love what Zechariah said. He said, not by by might nor by power. How? How does this happen? How does this righteousness happen? By my spirit. And there's some of you that are thinking right now, you're watching online, you, you've not been connected to church maybe for a while, you kind of come and miss, and, and you're thinking that if you lived a righteous life, it would just be so boring. And I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, come on, listen to me, I want to tell, me, tell you, no, 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 you are, you are so wrong. Your life would be so much better if you lived a righteous life. Some of you are trading the rich and blessed life that God has for you for some cheap imitation that has not and will not satisfy. And again, our classes, our connect groups uh, help us live this righteous life by his spirit. We, We are better together. First Peter says, as obedient children, do not Conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. Holiness for you, that is, that is God's desire. If you, only, if you only knew what the righteousness of God has for you, you would be, so, you would be embracing it so quickly. And then the psalmist goes on and he says, yea, come on, this is great. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, anybody living there recently? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this next one just talks about the idea that that he is my constant friend. He is always with me. If I go to church, he's with me. If I go to work, 
He's with me. And as some of you are thinking, I wish I could go to work or I wish I could go to church. I wish I could go anywhere, but I'm stuck in this house. I get that. But even where you are now, he is with you. He is there. And the covenant name for this is Jehovah Shema. It means that he is, oh, this is huge. Come on, get this. He is always by my side. He is always with me. He's always present with me. There is no place that you can go this week that God will not be there with you. Now, that, that is good, but that just made some of you really nervous, right? Like you're thinking, he's with me like everywhere. Yes, he's with you everywhere. He is your constant friend. Man, several years ago when our kids were still living at home, um, I was at church on a Saturday. No one was there and the phone rang and I answered the phone and it was someone wanting money, wanted us to help him out and I kind of pressed through all the things he was saying to find out what his real need was and I kind of offered some things that we could do and whatever it was that I offered wasn't good enough. He wanted more and he wasn't happy and he began speaking loudly to me and then he began cursing at me and he began attacking me with his words and I'm just really thankful for that button that you can push on the phone that you just hang it up, right? So he started in and I hung up. And then he called back and he started going into it again and I hung up again. Then I just didn't answer the phone. And then I was gone. I came back to church later. I kind of forgot about it and the phone rang again and this person was real nice and they asked to speak to me and as soon as I told him that that was who they were talking with, he just started going off again. He started threatening me. He started using vulgar language with me and then finally he used these words that really gripped my heart. He said, I am going to kill you, and I'm going to kill your family. And um, I hung up the phone, but those words don't get away from you. I didn't think much about it. He called back. I ignored it. Went home, kind of forgot about it. And uh, that night the phone rang, and Vicki answered the phone. And this man had called our house. He had found out where we lived. He called our house and he told her, I know where you live. And um, he said, I'm coming over. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to blow your house up, whatever. He was just listening off all this crazy stuff. Going to kill us. And Vicky came um, out in tears and we were all shook. I was like angry. You know what I'm saying? Like righteous indignation. Um, this man had called our house, invaded our territory, our, our safe zone. And uh, so we called the police, and the police came. They took down a report, and um, I know they're limited on what they could do, but they could sense there was this fear in us. And, uh, and the policeman said, listen, there's not a lot we can do, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to have officers on the street all night long just circling around your house, circling around the block. They're going to be watching your house. You, you are safe tonight. Ain't nobody messing with you tonight. We will watch out for you. And um, just for safety reasons, we ended up staying at a friend's house that night because we had kids that were still at home. But, you know, when we laid our heads down 
at night, there was this incredible peace knowing that someone was watching out for us and someone was watching over our home. Listen, you can go to bed tonight and put your head on the pillow and rest in peace knowing that someone is watching over you. Come on, someone online, God just had you watch today just so that I could tell you, just so that I could remind you that he is watching over you. God said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be Afraid. What can mere mortal man do to me? Come on, God just spoke to someone. You needed that scripture right there today. God had you tune in just for that, that he is your constant friend. He is your peace. And our next phrase is this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So while my enemies are wanting to pick a fight with me, while Satan is trying to attack me, God, you tell me to sit down, have some food, and you give me strength in the battle. In fact, you tell me you're fighting the battle on my behalf. And this seventh one is it's this idea that God is my protector. He, he is my protector, and the covenant name is Jehovah Nisi. He is my banner of protection. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song that said his banner over me is love. His protection over me is love. That he goes before you in whatever battles you will face this week. That he's already been there. He's been there with a banner of, of protection over you that says the battle is over. The battle is over. He has already won. I am his protection. I, I was thinking this week, have you ever considered that since Satan went to God about Job... He has never confronted God about anyone else since. He's never gone to God and said, hey, have you seen my servant Tim? Hey, have you seen my servant Stan? Never done that. Why? Be be because he knows that when God goes before us with his great banner of protection, it's already over before it even begins. All over the world right now, there, there are men and women who are carrying a banner of protection over us here in the United States. It is called a flag, and they fight our battles, and they stand on the front lines for us so that we can walk out here today and go home and sit at our tables in safety and peace and eat food and enjoy the day. Why? They, they, they fight for us. That's why we should always Always honor all of our service men and women. And if you are watching online and you are one of those, we applaud you today. We just say thank you today. You have fought our battle so that we could live in peace for those officers and um, just people that protect us, our, our, our nurses and our doctors. Man, they, they work on our behalf in the midst of the battle. They put themselves in harm's way so that we can be safe, so that we can be protected. And this is the great God, Jehovah Nisi. He fights on our behalf. Second um, Thessalonians says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you. And he will protect you from 
the evil one. He is our protection. And then finally, there is this passage in Psalm 23, 5 that says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup, my cup runs over. Um, anointing. It is the supernatural power of God on your life. There is nothing I pray for more on my life than I pray for his anointing. I need God's supernatural power, his anointing on my life. As we pray together before the service each week, I am praying for God's anointing on me, his supernatural hand upon me as I proclaim, his supernatural hand of anointing on all of the praise team, all the people that serve us today. He, he, he is my anointing, and this is, what, this is what I ask those of you that say you pray for me. Here's what I ask you to pray. Pray that God's anointing will always be on me in a powerful way. I need that. I mean, without his anointing, whatever it is that I would say up here every week, it is just foolish words. I love that phrase. My cup runs over. That, that, that means I have more than I need. My cup runs over. I've got more than I need. Come on. Is there anybody watching today? Are you anointed? You got more than you need? Come on. I am. I mean, not just, um, not just anointing with pastors. You have this anointing of God on your life too. You, you do. You have anointing. You have more than you need. He, he wants to anoint you in such a way that your cup runs over. Why? Because he wants that overflow to be a blessing to others. He, he will bless you to, come on, all of us. This is where all of us are, everybody watching. He, he blesses us until our financial cup runs over. We have more than we need. Why? In order that he can use the overflow, the, the blessing that, that he gives to us so that we can be a blessing to others. He will take gifts that he gives you that he has anointed you with. And he will cause those to overflow so that you can serve somebody or teach somebody or help somebody or serve somebody or comfort somebody. You are anointed to overflowing. And this is the last thing the psalmist teaches us. He is my sanctifier or he is my sanctification. He purifies me daily. He continually forms me into the image of Christ. His goal for your life is that you would be sanctified holy, purified. And our word is Jehovah Mekadosh. He has set me apart for something special. God has given you something special. He has something special for you. Listen, the God who saved you, saved you, he wants to sanctify you because he has called you. He has set you apart for something special. He has that for your life, something special. He wants to sanctify you through and through and through because he has a job for you to do. He has a calling for your life. You are not here by accident. Your life means something to him. See, he doesn't just call pastors. No, no, no. I have a calling on my life, but it goes far beyond that. He calls, he calls everyone. He, he, he has called you, whether you've ever responded to that or not. He has a plan for your life. He has a call on your life. He wants to anoint you 
in such a way that your cup just flows over, runs over, and makes a difference in people all around you. He wants to anoint you because he has a purpose in your life that is so much greater, and that your marriage would be better, that your kids would be better, that your church would be better, that people all around you would be better because of your life. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you, that's us, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, come on. God wants to use you to make an incredible difference in people's lives. You're anointed. And I think more than at any other time in your lifetime, God wants to use each of you right now. He has anointed you to make a difference in our world to those that are around you right now. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have an anointing. You do. That's why you need to be in a group so that your anointing can help and touch and bless others. We mature that way. We are better together than we are by ourselves. And he is with us. Yes, he is. He is with us. And now, Father, I want to thank you for being our shepherd. You are the shepherd of our souls you are our pastor you feed us you lead us you watch over us you are my shepherd you're my provider you are my peace you are my healer you are my righteousness my friend my protector my sanctifier. And Lord, I just pray that everyone watching today would know that you are our protection and peace in whatever we are facing in these days. Hear our prayers, O oh God, during these days of difficulty as we cry out to you. Just with the piano playing, I just want you to, with your heads bowed, just listen to me this morning. If you're watching today and you find yourself far from God or you are consumed with fear, here's what I want you to pray. Jesus, I need you. God, come live in me. I need you. I need your protection and I need your peace. I just want to surrender my life to you right now. Be the Lord of my life. I ask you to live in me, God. I ask you to make me the person you want me to be. I give you my life, oh God. And for others of you, you love him. You do. You, uh, you desire to serve him, and he has blessed you. Your cup runs over, but you have not allowed his anointing to spill over into your life in such a way that you serve him in a way that affects and touches the lives of other people. But you want to. And so I'm asking you to bow your heads with me and I want you to pray this prayer. 
Father, you have blessed my life to overflowing. You have. You have anointed me. You've been good to me. And I realize you have done that in order that I could make a difference in the lives of those that are around me. So I'm asking you right now, God, in whatever we are facing as a country and as a world, right now, God, that you would use me, God, to make a difference in somebody's life in the midst of this time of fear. Let me be a beacon of hope. Sanctify my life, God. Make me holy, God. Show me today anything in my life that is not holy. Just show it to me. Lay it out right now. Anything that's not pleasing to you. And I surrender it, oh God. Take it away. Touch my thoughts, touch my mind, my actions, my words. Make me a holy man. Make me a holy woman today, oh God. And Father, as a church, let this be our finest hour. Pour your anointing over all of us, God. Just pour it till our cup over flows, God, and may it touch the lives of many who are searching for meaning and hope and something that will take them beyond the level of fear that they are living in into an ultimate meaning for life. Use us, Lord. Use us, God, today. And I want us to close today. We're going to sing and worship because there is nothing like worship that brings us into a spirit of hope and faith. And so wherever you are, you just worship with us today as the team leads us.